And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors. From helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets. From learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. And good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We'll be here for the next hour or so talking about and with the great nonprofits that serve our community. Each and every week from 9 to 10 a.m., we interview two different nonprofit organizations, talk with them about what they do to make our community a stronger, a safer, a smarter, a healthier, and a happier place to live and work. Uh, Many of these are nonprofits that you might never have heard of before, so... You know, for example, today we have two organizations that are going to join us that uh, there's a good chance you haven't heard of. One of them is the Mary Sweeney Home. Mary Sweeney Home is actually about 200 yards down the street from where I'm sitting right now. I'm at the corner of Main Street and um, East Pearl, West Pearl, East Pearl. Well, it's kind of, I guess this is East Pearl where I'm sitting um, at the WSMN headquarters and just down the road on east pearl street is the mary sweeney home mary sweeney home is a facility for low-income women where they can live it's not assisted living it's um you know it's really just a great opportunity for women who when they reach that certain age um and want to find a place to live but you know some of the organizations some of the places out there um, are unaffordable to them. It's a beautiful home where they can live. And I've been there to tour the place, and it is beautiful and respectful and just all around lovely. So um, we're going to talk with some friends from the Mary Sweeney Home, talk about their program. After that, um, after our break, we're going to talk with our friends from Revive Recovery. Revive Recovery has been on the show before, um, but again, this is one of those organizations that you may or may not have heard of. They aren't like you know, super prominent and well-known, like, say, the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or one of the hospitals. Um, they're a very specialized organization that works in the recovery field. They work with people who have suffered from the disease of addiction, substance use disorder. And um, the person who's going to be on today, is a, um, his job is a recovery coach. And we're going to learn a little bit about more about Little, learn a little bit more about what that means. Um, I think you're going to enjoy the show. Uh, these are things that you'd like to know about for a couple different reasons. You know, perhaps you are um, sitting around the picnic table this summer um, with uh, friends and family, and you hear about uh, somebody who's uh, struggling with an issue. And in today's case, perhaps it's, you know, Aunt Millie needs a place to stay, 
and really can't afford market rent and really can't afford to go into a nursing home or doesn't want to go into a nursing home, but she's still uh, independent, capable of uh, living on her own and um, you know, doesn't require a high level of medical service. So who does Aunt Millie go to? Well, the Mary Sweeney home for Pete's sake. That's what we're going to learn about today. Perhaps you hear about, uh, you know, your, your brother has a friend who, Charlie, who's in recovery. He struggles from an opioid addiction and is trying to, you know, get back, um, get his feet back under him, get his life in order. Well, where does Charlie go? Well, he goes perhaps to reco- revive recovery to seek a healthy, pathway forward in life. These are some of the reasons why you listen to the show. Additionally, you know, we have a very generous community. People are always coming up to me and saying, you know, where can I donate my time? Donated time is called volunteering in the nonprofit world. Volunteering is the equivalent of free labor. And nonprofits cannot live without that free labor. Most organizations um, really can't afford to do all of their services through paid staff. They try to, you know, sort of balance that off with um, as much volunteer labor as is possible. Well, those volunteer opportunities are ones that you are generally going to want to offer up to an organization whose mission you believe in. And so we'll talk a little bit about that and connect you to some of those opportunities. Um, Also, perhaps you're looking to make a financial donation and you want to support an organization who you also believe in. And all of these organizations are always looking for resources and funding and volunteers. So this is why you listen to the United Way Community Connection Show here on WSMN 1590 AM. So before we get to all that, I just want to talk a little bit about sort of like what's going on. Um, You know, I'm hoping everybody had a fantastic weekend. I certainly did. After the rain kind of dissipated and went away somewhere um, around Saturday morning, the skies cleared up and it just was a beautiful, a magnificent weekend. Um, You know, not too humid, not too hot, but certainly warm enough. My wife and I went to the beach on Sunday um, got, you know, working on a little bit of that brown, you know, that nice, rich brown that that only comes after 28 times going there and getting burnt. So um, working on my tan, you know what I mean? And uh, just enjoying the beach on Sunday morning. And then Sunday afternoon, my wife and I, you know, one of the beautiful things about living in New Hampshire is we have this opportunity to meet our candidates for president up close and personal. Now, I grew up in California and I can tell you unequivocally, this is one of those opportunities that you should take advantage of. Doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, anywhere on the political spectrum. Where there are very few places in this country where you can go and meet the candidates, the future presidential leaders of our country, many of whom are leaders already in and of their own right. Um, where are you going to go to do that? I could tell you in California. You know, I you can't come within a mile of one of these of one of these folks because it's just such a big place and they don't have that sort of hands-on feet on the ground retail politics as they call it as you have here in New Hampshire or Iowa for that matter. So my wife and I went and saw Kamala Harris um on Sunday. Actually ran into a couple of friends out there as well. We were in this at the Summersworth High School and uh, it was a big crowd, probably I don't know maybe a thousand people. It was, it was overflow crowd. Um, we were lucky enough to be there early enough to be third row and just listen to her speak. And, and, uh, again, um, doesn't matter where you sit politically. 
I would say if you're a Republican, this is an interesting thing to go to. I know that if you're a Democrat, it's going to be an interesting thing to go to. But uh, take your kids and teach them about civic engagement. So we really enjoyed that Sunday afternoon, and uh, it was great. So last week was a pretty good week at United Way. We had a couple things going on. Um, I went with my friends from Public Health down to their annual, now they pronounce this NACHO conference, the National Association of City and County Health Officials. I called it the Nacho Conference. I told a couple of people I'm going to the Nacho Conference, and they're like, yeah, of course you're going to the Nacho Conference, you glutton. So no, but I went to the Nacho Conference down in Orlando. Now, who holds a conference in Orlando in the middle of July? Um, actually... <laughs> It's only really public health people because they don't have any money in the first place. So they run thin budgets, and uh, that's why they go to Orlando in July because it's cheap, 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 and cheaper. Um, but I did enjoy the conference and learned a lot, sat with some folks and uh, talked about, amongst other things, human trafficking. Um, human trafficking is a big issue in our community. It's a hidden issue, um, and uh, it is a public health issue. We have... We have uh, people in our community who have been victims of human trafficking and we have active human trafficking, um, you know, organized uh, crime here in the city. So this is something that I learned a little bit about and um, we're going to be putting hopefully a little bit of focus on here in in, uh, Greater Nashua on. Um, Also just talked with other people about various types of public health issues and walking along through the corridors with Bobby Bagley and and uh, she, of course, out of the corner of her eye, she knows everybody in public health, um, sees the the uh, Surgeon General out of the corner of her eye and says, oh, and goes over, runs over to him, gives him a big hug. And we took a selfie with the Surgeon General of the United States of America. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. So I don't know him, didn't talk to him, but he seems to know Bobby, and they had a lot of mutual respect. So that was good. On Wednesday, uh, we had our... United Way, we call it the United Way Celebration of You. Celebration of You is, you know, we used to have the super boring name for our annual celebration, which is the United Way Donor and Volunteer Recognition Event. Now, how boring is that? You can't even make a great acronym out of that. So um, we changed the name, but the uh, program is basically not changed, and it's a celebration of you. You is a U, like the letter U, so sort of play on words there, you know what I mean? I know, not super clever, but... What do you expect, you know? Um, we had about 125 people or so come to join us at Anheuser-Busch out in the beer garden there. Um, had a little bit of a cornhole tournament and uh, some nice special tours by the brewmaster, Summer Anderson, who's just awesome. Um, had some food and beer, and um, Sub-Zero Ice Cream came and made beer-infused ice cream right there on the spot for people, which was delicious and fun to watch. Thanks to Sub-Zero and Anheuser-Busch helped. Um, they uh, actually donated some of the beer and um, gave us the space. And it was really just wonderful. So we're very grateful for them and their partnership with us. And we had some special recognition. You know, the mayor was just on the radio a little bit ago. And we, uh, you know, one of the people that we recognized was Alderman Brian McCarthy, who passed away last year. I remember that day really um, poignantly for me, I was on the radio when George handed me this piece of paper that said Brian McCarthy just passed away. And I was, um, you know, announced that on the radio. That was pretty hard because I knew Brian um, and I, I liked Brian a lot. He was really a great guy. I'm very interested in in the needs of our community and all of its residents. Um, 
And uh, in particular, we worked very hard together on addressing the needs of some of our most at-risk uh, community members. And Brian was just a great guy. So we recognized him. His wife, Gloria, his widow, Gloria, came and, and accepted what we call a Max Silver Community Award. Um, and the mayor presented that, which was really nice. Said a couple of kind words. But we also had some other great recognition. My board member, Peter Schalliner, received um, the Rodney Hansen um, award, which is a, an award for s- uh, somebody who has just really distinguished themselves above and beyond in uh, in our community and their participation with United Way. Uh, my friend Bruno Suarez and Dr. Cynthia Whitaker, they both received an award for their advocacy work. Um, Bruno with immigrants and uh, refugees in our community, in particular with the Brazilian community. And um, uh, Cynthia Whitaker for her work in advocating for those um, afflicted with mental health mental health um, issues, and then um, lastly two other awards. One was to Dr. McDonough from St. Joseph Hospital for um, his participation with United Way. He's been a volunteer for many many years on our community investment panels, and uh, also is a great donor and a participant in the life of United Way. And then finally, my board member Galena Sokatch. Galena was recognized for just really um, uh, her standout volunteerism and stepping up to support our community. Plus, we had a lot of other companies and whatnot that are, were recognized as as well that evening. So that was Wednesday evening. We really had a great time. And thanks again to Anheuser-Busch and also Sub-Zero Ice Cream for making it a just a really fun event. Um, what else can I say? This week is going to be, a, I think, a pretty interesting week. And... Uh, for me in particular in a couple of ways first of all i wanted to mention uh before we get any further is um you know a friend of mine from quick dry carpet cleaning ray ray deshane is going to be coming to our offices tonight and he's volunteered to donate some of his services to clean up our carpets now you know this is one of those things like as a non-profit you try and control costs wherever you can and and sometimes people donate their services and that is so greatly appreciated so if you're an organization if you're a company listening in and you do, and you have services that might be useful for a nonprofit you should always see if you can offer those up as a donation you know, I know for us, um, we probably, I mean, I probably wouldn't wash the carpets right now if I, because it's, you know, it's an expense item that we try to control those, 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 those things as much as possible. But Ray volunteered to donate that and we're so appreciative. So quick dry carpet cleaning. Thank you. Big shout out to you and kudos. Ray and I also know each other from BNI. Um, I've talked with, about BNI before on this show. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday. So my daughter works at 21st Century, um, which is the after-school program for the low-income kids in our in our community, and they're they're part of what's called the Power Scholars Academy, which is a partnership, a collaborative partnership between the Nashua School District, Twenty uh, First Century after-school programs, and the Nashua YMCA. So, um, one of her jobs, or really her job, is community outreach. Um, and so she connects with partners to bring in programming for the kids. So she's had like, you know, the police canine unit came in and the fire department comes and, you know, they do kind of sort of great stuff for the kids. So she says to me a couple months ago, dad, what are you doing on July 16th and 17th? And I said, I, how should I know, honey? What do you, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, she says, look in your calendar and see what you're doing in the middle of the day. And I said, well, okay, let me look at my calendar and see what I'm doing in the middle of the day. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm free. She says, good. I'm going to pencil you in to come and teach the kids the 21st century about scuba diving. <laughs> so I said, what? 
<laughs> you know, my wife and I are scuba divers. We love scuba diving. That is that is one of my passions in life is is scuba diving. But I don't really fancy myself a scuba diving instructor per se. Um, but uh, I'm going to be uh, there at the um, 21st century um, after school program teaching a bunch of first graders and second graders about you know this the art and science of self-contained underwater breathing apparatus and all that it entails so um I, you know i'm gonna probably have some pictures i'll print out of different types of uh you know do you see this under the water when you go scuba diving maybe have a mermaid or maybe a santa claus or i don't know what have a little contest teach them what a regulator does and about you know she said don't go too much into the science so i'm not going to say anything about like you know well normally we breathe 23 percent oxygen and you know seven seventy seven percent nitrogen she's not gonna we're not gonna do that um but i will talk about uh you know what how the regulator works and maybe have them put on the scuba bc and uh i'm gonna also bring a big bucket of water water i'm gonna ask them to see how long they can hold their breath and uh, then i'm gonna uh maybe sit down and put my head in the bucket of water and see how long i can go underwater with the uh with the scuba mask on so it should be fun i have to entertain them for about a half an hour um if I'm not back on the radio show next Monday, it's because I did not survive my self-contained underwater breathing apparatus course with 21st century first and second graders. My apologies up front. Um, anyway, that should be a blast. Lots of other great stuff going on in our community, <laughs> community and, and perhaps um, at some point during the show I'll have uh, the opportunity to mention it. But just the three quick mentions. One, the I Spy scavenger hunt coming up for the Youth Council. Check that out on their on their website. Great fundraiser. Lots of fun opportunities to participate as a sponsor and not too expensive. Um, free food for kids. Connect to Southern New Hampshire Services. They're all summer long. There are feeding sites set up that are set up by Southern New Hampshire Services and their partners with Meals for Kids, including the uh, Soup Kitchen and N68 Hours of Hunger and Corpus Christi. Um, last but not least, it is time to be thinking about enrolling your child for Head Start. Early Head Start is available, and just call Southern New Hampshire Services to learn more about that. That's ages birth through three years old, and so pretty great program there as well. I'm going to take a quick break now. Our show is brought to you by our friends over at Edstone Properties. We are so grateful for their partnership in bringing the United Way Community Connection Show to the air. I'll be back in just a short, after the short break, with our first um guests from the Mary Sweeney home. That's Barbara Alves and um, her colleague, Cheryl Hadley. And uh, we'll be uh, back listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Avelberg, and this is WSMN 1590 AM. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. There's loud, there's louder, and then there's Loudon. The Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, July 20th through 21st. Your only chance this year to catch Monster Energy NASCAR Cup racing in New England. So if you like living out loud, we mean really loud. 
Get your loud on at the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301, July 20th through 21st. Tickets start at just $40. Get yours today at NHMS.com. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connections Show here on WSMN 1590 AM. We are here each and every Monday morning talking with um, the nonprofit leaders from our community. These are people who are trying to make the community stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier in any variety of different ways. Each week you'll hear two different nonprofits interviewed. Usually they are very different, and sometimes you've never heard of them. Um, you know, the best interview that I have is the one with where you have not heard of what we're talking about. And hopefully today, there's a whole bunch of you that are going to learn something new. We have with us here in the studio, Sherelle Hadley. Sherelle is the executive director for the Mary Sweeney Home right here on East Pearl Street in Nashua. And also joining her is Barbara Alves, who is on their board of directors, serves as a trustee for the, um, the Mary Sweeney Home. So ladies, welcome to our show. Thank Good you. Good morning. Mark. Thanks for Good having morning. us. Well, it's gl- I'm glad to see you, and it's also I will say it's been a while since I saw you, Barbara, I in know, person. It's been so, a while. Thank Barbara's you. one of my besties. So, um, you know, uh, and uh, you know, I mentioned our our um, awards that we had last night last year. Barbara actually was the recipient of one of our um, awards for her advocacy work in our community. So, thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Mike. So, Sherelle, why don't we start with you, and let's talk just a little bit about the Mary Sweeney Home. What is, in fact, the Mary Sweeney Home for those people who just have never even heard of it? Sure. Well, the Mary Sweeney Home is an independent apartment building for senior women that are 65 and older and of need of a place to live. Okay. So, um, what what type of, maybe describe your clientele and... Oops, I just knocked a bunch of stuff over while you're talking. I'm going to see what I broke. Uh, that's my job. Sure, and so sure. tell us a little bit. Describe, describe the people who live at the Mary Sweeney Home. Of course. Well, our typical resident, like I said, is anywhere over 65. Um, I would say our average age is about 80, 82. Um, the average Sweeney Home resident would be someone retired, um, still physically active in the community, uh, possibly even volunteering or holding a small part-time job. And they're just looking for a safe, secure, affordable living center where they can live their retirement years comfortably. Well, affordable housing is such a huge issue in our community mm, and yes. obviously affects seniors, I would say disproportionately, because seniors are typically on a fixed income and and, and many often, many times, that's also a low income Correct. With, with not yes. a lot of necessarily assets or savings or this is an issue. Um, it's a big issue in the community, um, not just in Nashua, but everywhere. 
Absolutely. I heard a statistic yesterday. Um, I mentioned earlier, my wife and I went to one of the political um, you know, campaigns that, that you have this time of year. And um, the person who was speaking referenced the fact that in 99% of the counties um, in the United States now, um, a person who's earning the minimum wage will not be able to afford a one-room apartment um, on that wage. That's true. And I think what's nice about the Mary Sweeney home, and you had an opportunity to come to our open house, we're like the... Indeed I did. It's it's just a great opportunity for senior women who have worked so hard and just don't have the means. So there is an income limit as to what you can have in assets Mm -hmm. before being accepted into residency at the Sweeney home. But... It's just a remarkable place. I think you called it, but a, a, a gem when you were one at of the our best, open house. Yeah, one of the best kept secrets. Yeah, one of the beautiful things about this particular studio is it's a great view of of over, looking over the main street. But you know, you get things like ambulances mm-hmm. and fire trucks and construction equipment. So I apologize to our listeners for that. That was our good friends from AMR zooming down the zooming down the road to the Southern New Hampshire <laughs> Hospital. I can say, I can say because I can see them doing that. So yeah, Mary Sweeney Home is um, one of those hidden gems in our community. How many how many residents typically can live at the Mary Sweeney Home, Cheryl? Uh, we have thirty one individual apartments, and six of them are studios. The rest are one bedrooms. Studio, but studio including like a kitchen, Correct. kitchenette. Eat Even in. the studio apartments are quite spacious, um, and they do have their own private bath and kitchenette. Yes. That's fantastic. Are you? Do you have like a wait list? Is there like a huge um, like? Is this something which from, takes forever to yes, get into? Yes, from time to time there is um, the admissions ebb and flow, but we're always accepting applications and happy to welcome women in for a tour. Oh, how, are, how? Where does it stand right now? Meaning, do we have any? Do you have any vacancies? We. we I mean, I'm not going to get too excited because I'm not an over sixty five year old single woman. <laughs> I am, but I can't live there. <laughs> No, nope, but we, we do have a couple right now. Um, no kidding. We do, and it's it's rare that we do. So um, if you or anybody that you know are in need of affordable housing, we would, of course, be happy to entertain you. And it's only women, though. You do not accept oh men. Only and, women. And you have to also be capable of living independently. Is that correct? Yes. When you first look into the Mary Sweeney home, there is some criteria that you'd need to meet health-wise and financial-wise. And we have a nice little packet that we've put together for the interested applicant. And everything you would need to know is in there, including what you need to do um, to be considered for residency to the Sweeney home. So typically, uh, Mike, you would need to be of the right age, of the right financial need, and still able to go about your daily business on your own unhindered. Right. We only have staff. There are two paid staff members and there's only staff in the building from 630 in the morning until five in the evening. So it is totally for independent women. Yeah. So my guess is staffing is probably Sherelle who runs the place and maybe maybe janitorial slash, you know, keeping the place up. Yep. We're a very nice, close knit uh, community, but um, the ladies certainly are strong individuals capable of taking care of themselves in their daily life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can uh, sort of picture any number of women who I've known who would, I think, just be a beautiful fit for something like this. We find uh, the applicants that seek us out um, 
are genuinely looking for something like this and um, it's not something they're able to find, especially with the affordability factor. Yeah, uh, the location is also really fantastic. I mean, I have to say, you're you're within literally less than a block of Main Street. And it's it's like right in the middle of Main Street. It's not even like on the south end or the north end. You're like right in the heart of the community. We are. And it's a great location for that reason. A lot of the ladies that come to us no longer drive. So they find it uh, very convenient to have banks, restaurants, drugstores right down the street. Yeah, absolutely. And they access the senior center and the library. So there's so much that they can do since they are independent and still very active. Yeah, definitely. Um, what happened how, how, or how long typically does, um, does a woman live at the Mary Sweeney home? Well, we like to see them there for as long as possible. Of course. So if we get someone in, say, around 70, 75, or whenever they happen to find us, we find that many of the ladies can live 10-plus years there. It's a unique uh, situation, and each lady's different, but as long as their physical and mental health are where they need to be to live independently, then they're welcome to stay there as long as that is the case. That's fantastic. Um, so, Barbara, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, sort of as a board member, as a trustee, I think you're a trustee. Yes. Um, one of the things that you become is an advocate in the community for the organization that you're part of. So when you're talking with somebody about the needs of the Mary Sweeney Home, what, what are some of the ways in which people who are listening can support this fantastic organization, other than just becoming a resident? I think what's important is to just to get our name out there. And to let people know that there is affordable housing for the senior population that really can't afford some of the assisted living or retirement communities. So, you know, maybe someone that's widowed. So maybe if your listeners know of someone that just recently lost their husband or they're thinking of leaving their home or apartment, it's, it would be a great opportunity to come in to the Mary A. Sweeney home. I mean, it's a remarkable situation. I mean, looking at the bequest from Dr. Sweeney and how she wanted working women who had limited income to have a, a really safe place to be. And as you see, it, it is a remarkable situation. We are that, like, what did you call us, the the gem? The super secret, super. the super secret place where all where all the women hang out. That's true. That's, That's what true. I would call it. One of the women were follow, was following us, wanting to know where we were coming. So. But it is nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so advocating, letting people know um, that there are options out yes. there. I mean, sometimes the housing conversation can be so frustrating for people, and you know, and it is a frustrating conversation. But there are also options and opportunities that people just don't know about. This is one of them. Yes, who, who was Mary Sweeney? <laughs> well, for what we have learned of our wonderful Mary Sweeney is that uh, she was a physician here in Nashua uh, for many years, a prominent physician, and that, as you know, was not something that women did at that time. So she was always kind of forward-looking and independent, we feel, and upon her request, uh, she wanted to leave a fund that would start something like the Mary Sweeney Home. And she left um, some descriptions and some rules and regulations for us to follow so that we could see what her vision was. And with the trustees and the former directors, I really feel that they've achieved that. Dr. Sweeney wanted a home, as Barbara has said, where the women have been working all their life, 
but now when it's retirement time, they just don't have the funds to uh, continue to make it on their own. Uh, what happens, one of the things that I've heard about a lot with assisted living and those types of organizations, what happens to your assets? You know, I know a lot of people are fearful that, um, you know, their are a little bit of savings that they have. Maybe they only have, say, $50,000 that they've saved up and they are low income and they, they don't want to, like, lose all of that. Um, but some of the places you go into will will take all your assets before um, before anything else can happen. What happens at the Mary Sweeney Home? Well, at the Mary Sweeney Home, we do have uh, criteria and guidelines. So again, the mission of the home is to help women in need of right. housing. So you can actually apply to the Mary Sweeney Home with some assets to your name, but we do have a limit on that. Of course. So currently, um, we look at applicants that make under 30000 a year, um, whatever that income may be, it's usually Social Security for most of our ladies. Sure. And then you can have upwards of 100000 in assets. And again, Mike, each lady's uh, looked at individually, and yep. the trustees and myself uh, work to review each applicant. That's, that's really good. Um, do they have to live in Nashua? We have the criteria that it should be someone from Nashua or a surrounding town. Yep. And the reason we have that criteria again, Mike, is because it was really Dr. Sweeney's vision to help her community. I think she was yep. really embedded in the Nashua community and being a physician, um, especially I think with older people, geriatric physicians, she saw the need for this. And again, she was really ahead of her time in putting together what she did in order to be able to establish this home. It's, as you know, Mike, uh, very rare. Um, it certainly is. We are independent and we are our own organization, but we offer a lot of things for the ladies and the residents that make it more of a, a community feel. Yep. I, I absolutely. I will say when I went through on my tour, um, that was probably three months ago at this point. Yeah, right? it was in, back in March. You were shocked when you, and that it nothing was, shocks you too much. Not much, right? You know, no, it was beautiful. And, and it's beautiful. It's warm. Um, it's very respectful. Um, you can tell that this is this is just really a good place to, to live. Well, thank you. We thank certainly you. work hard to, yeah. to make it that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what um, besides telling people about the home, um, are there any other ways in which our listeners can support you in your mission? Well, you know, um, we do get um, calls or visits from time to time with people that want to donate items. Um, we are limited in our storage capacity, yep. but um, again, we would look at each offering and see if it's something the home could use. Sometimes we'll take in clothing, lamps, small furniture items. Um, some of the ladies that come to us don't have much furniture when they're moving in, so that's always appreciated. And um, I, I really think that other than that, it would just be, as, as Barbara said, um, getting the word out there around town and just mentioning the Sweeney home because, like you said, it's a little hidden gem and not that yep. many people know about it. And I should mention you also have a website. So that's um, I can see you're as um, creative and original at your website naming conventions as I am with mine. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, maryasweeney.com. 
Correct. <laughs> yep. And we've recently made some uh, upgrades and changes to the website, too. So if you've visited it in the past and we're hoping for more information, hopefully you can find uh, what you need on there. And if not, you can always give us a call. Yeah, it certainly is uh, very straightforward. It's your information, your criteria. Um, it's all right there. So absolutely. Um, any final remarks? We're just grateful to be here. Thank yes, you for having, thank you us. Well, for having I'm, us. I'm glad that you guys came on the show today. Um, what's the best thing you've done so far this summer? I have to ask you that. So, you know, Barbara, how about you and Butch? What have you guys been up to this summer? Uh, Butch is restoring his T-Bird, as you know. So we're hoping to get that done soon. So we Super. can be riding. We will go take a ride to see you in Dover. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Or just take a spin up to 20 Broad Street sure. and I'll just, you know, we'll cruise up and down. <laughs> we'll find a, <laughs> we'll find a, we'll find a street in Nashua that doesn't have um, too much construction going yeah, on. I don't and... think we want to go through construction after <laughs> it's still being restored. It's not completely done yet. That's wonderful. What year is it? 1957. Wow. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful vehicle. Be beautiful. Can't wait yeah. to see it when it's done. That's fantastic. And how about you, Sherelle? Uh, well, my family and I recently purchased a home, so we've been spending our time uh, working to establish that, planting, painting, all those things that go along with a new home. I can relate to that, absolutely. Mostly just unpacking boxes and, you know, yelling at each other. What do we need that for? <laughs> we need it. Why we don't need that, it. <laughs> exactly. Why did you pack that, Mike? Exactly. Why did you pack that, Mike? It's the things, you know, if you've gone through three moves and you still haven't opened up the box, it was probably time to just throw it away. Yes, we are lucky that we are past that point and at the fun part of uh, doing the landscaping and some more of the funner things. Yeah, my wife is um, uh, and I were kind of turned on to the Marie Kondo show by my mm -hmm. daughter. So Aww. basically, like, if my wife's like, does that spark joy? If that does not spark joy, <laughs> out it goes. <laughs> I'm so. familiar with that. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show. Barbara and Sherelle, uh, talking about the Mary Sweeney home and what you do in our community. Really appreciate it. Thank you for Thank having you, Mike. us. Absolutely. And you can learn more online at maryasweeney.com. Um, if you didn't write that down because you're driving and you don't want to get um, into an accident, that's fine. Just call Mike at United Way or ask for the guy at United Way or just, I don't know, whatever. Call Mike and I'll uh, connect you to, uh, to the Mary Sweeney home um, here in Nashua. Thank you very much. Thank you. So you're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show here on WSMN 1590 AM. We're going to take a short break, and after the break, um, we will be back with our second guest, and that is from Revive Recovery. We're going to be talking with Fred Bush, who is one of their recovery coaches. Hi everyone, this is Paula Whittier. I'm inviting you to listen in to the Paula Whittier Show on Tuesdays from 9 to 10. A show about senior living. What are your next steps? We talk a lot about memory care. I work at the Arbors of Bedford and have been there for over 12 years. So this show is brought to you by Benchmark Senior Living and I would love to have you listen in to the Paula Whittier Show on Tuesdays from 9 to 10. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care, 
or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 Zero 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 eight. That's six zero three eight nine one zero 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 eight. The Village Network. Become a member today. Well, good Monday morning. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking with the nonprofits in our community about how they are making this a place which is stronger, smarter, safer, healthier, and happier for all of us to live and work. Um, We just had the Mary Sweeney Home on talking about an opportunity for elderly women in our community for housing that you might not have heard of. And now we have with us um, a special guest, Fred Bush. Fred is a recovery coach, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means with Revive Recovery. Revive has been on our show once or twice in the past, and um, they're um, one of the resources in our community which is working hard at abating the crisis around substance use disorder. So, Fred, welcome to our show. Well, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Well, we're glad to have you, and um, we're so excited still to have Revive in our community. It was a long time in the making and and certainly a really important resource. I should say you guys are on South Main Street, just across from Southern New Hampshire Hospital. Yep. Uh, It's 263. To right directly across the street. Absolutely. And if you're an old timer listening in, that's Memorial Hospital. So right across from <laughs> Memorial Hospital. Yeah. Uh, just look for the Little Free Library on the front lawn and you'll know you're in the right place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Fred, um, why don't you talk with us just a little bit about um, what is a recovery coach? Because I think you are actually, even though Revive has been on and other folks have been on in the mental health and substance use space before, we've never had anybody on who's actually a recovery coach. Okay. Well, what a recovery coach is, we're like a resource broker for people in the recovery community. Um, It doesn't really matter where you're at. Um, If you're still using, we would like you to come in. If you're um, doing harm reduction, you're trying, you know, MAT, which is medically assisted treatment, um, or you're looking for an abstinence-based recovery, Um, we kind of guide you and and we just kind of listen to you 
and find out you know what direction you want to go um, we don't sit there and tell you what to do we kind of listen and just kind of po point you in the avenues that we have and what we have a revive we have a lot of different types of meetings like smart recovery we have um, three principles na meetings aa meetings um, meditation meetings so so the first two that you mentioned um, three principles and I forget what the other one was you mentioned smart recovery what what are those well those are not like um, 12 step based programs okay, okay? Um, we also have refuge recovery which is a Buddhist um, type thing the three principles is like cognitive thinking is changing your thinking and smart recovery I'm not exactly sure what it is but I think that they I'm not exact. I honestly don't know no what problem. recovery is, no but because I'm I'm an NA guy. I'm a 12-step abstinence-based guy. But you know, it just we guide people towards where they want to go. You know what I mean? We basically listen to them, and um, you, you know, try to help them. And um, because this this epidemic that's going on, people are dying, and um, you know, so we're just there to help them and be an advocate for them to point them in the right direction so the folks who come to revive recovery are those mostly people who are referred from a different agency or are there people that just well, walk right in the door they walk right in the door or they could they could be referred from another agency like you know you know one like keystone hall um they'll send people down there we also do outreach at all the the recovery centers in in the area like the process and um, yep. integrate and gatehouse so we go out there and tell them what we offer the community and you know that the place is opened for the people in the recovery community come in and talk to us and we can you know hopefully guide them and you know all types of things it's not just right. recovery coaching you know we have all those meetings there um you know we also do fundraisers all the time we did the opiate walk we had helped with the right. block party thing so we do and we have you know events going on all the time so please check us out on facebook it's yeah revive recovery Absolutely. You know, one of my friends, you mentioned some of the different programs. One of my friends is Lisa Vasquez yeah, from yeah. the uh, uh, Department of Public Health. Mm -hmm. And um, Lisa's a knitter. Mm -hmm. She Every meeting that I'm ever at, Lisa sits there and knits. And I, <laughs> she's probably knitted a lot more clothes than I'd like to imagine. But she said to me one day, I, I want to do this thing at, at um, mm -hmm. Revive Recovery. I want to start a recovery support group that involves the medium of knitting. And I said, well, you know, why not? I think that sounds like an interesting idea. And, and she said, but I don't have any money for it. <laughs> so she's donating her time, and uh, United Way donated some of the supplies. And uh, so I got to come check that out because I, for some some point, I had all these all this yarn and needles and stuff for her to do her knitting program. But um, that sounded pretty cool, and I and I love the idea that you guys are creative in your approaches. Not everybody's going to fit into every type of program. Um, you know, like you said, they're the traditional twelve-step programs, but there's a lot of different pathways to recovery. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, if somebody, you know, we have opportunity, internship and volunteer opportunities. If you want to come in and start an arts and crafts thing, um, we have parents in recovery that I forgot to mention. We also have, uh, you know, families in recovery. Um, so there's all types of meetings there and there's opportunities to come in and express yourself like the knitting thing if you want to help people with that. And anybody in the community is welcome to come in at any time. Um, you know to find out what we do um even if they have somebody that's struggling with substance abuse and they're not ready yet they could let them know that we're right. available for them 
um, to help them and guide them if they need it. Absolutely. So there are opportunities for people to volunteer. Sure. And also, um, are you there are certain kinds of donations besides financial that you're looking for? Sure. They, sure. They, I mean, we we could you know we're nonprofit, so we're we're always looking for funding. But uh, that would be done on the web page. You can yeah. do that through the web page uh, and on on the Facebook page also. Sounds good. I remember when you first opened up your doors, there was like the need for furniture and that kind yeah. of thing. So anyway, um, so as a recovery coach, what is it exactly? Describe your job. Like what is the day of a life? What is the day in the life of Fred look like? Okay. So what, what I do, we also, we, we have also been contracted by drug court. So we do, um, we do recovery coaching for, for the drug court participants too. So I have a, you know, most of my caseload is with drug court participants, but I also have guys that that come up. See, we have a lot of recovery coaches in there, so we have plenty of, um, you know, opportunities, not just like we're full, but it's like you basically sit down and you you go over what what recovery coaching is with them, okay, which is, you know, it's all confidential stuff and it's, you know, really... um, you know, we don't want them coming in really impaired or anything like that. But wherever they're at in their recovery, they're welcome to come in and we sit down with them. And we go through and what we basically do is set up a, a, a wellness plan for them. You know what I mean? Um, so so they're okay, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, find out where they're at. Find out and, and teach them, you know, what their goals are. Because a lot of people, you know, in recovery, they're... They've had fear of asking for help. So we get them in and we just try to, you know, get them to find out what they want to do. So it's kind of like motivational interviewing, you know what I mean? You just, you talk to them, give them some ideas and then listen to them and then maybe make some suggestions. It's not like you need to do this, you need to do that. It's more or less getting them way more involved in their recovery and kind of guiding them in their chosen path. Why do you think that is that people are um, afraid or, or um, not as willing to ask for help as as you might think? Is it their embarrassment? Well, I or? Know it could be. I mean, it's just basically, I, I mean, I, I personally, you know, ha- have substance use disorder. And, and I've struggled with it for years, and I've been absent now for uh, a, a good bit of time. And um, once I got clear to that, I still... I, one of the reasons I think that I used was I felt uncomfortable and be you know and my substance helped me with get, right. getting through that feeling uncomfortable so you know once you clear yourself out you still have that being uncomfortable feeling and, and for me it was very hard for me to ask for help if I didn't know how to do something so right. um, it's just kind of letting them know they're in a really safe place um, that we're there to help them we're not there to judge them uh, we're just there to, you know, guide them. Uh, right. So, you, you know, it, it just depends. I mean, with everybody's different, and that's why we have all different types of, you know, avenues for them to go. But most people that suffer, suffer from, um, you know, substance abuse disorder, you know, they don't want to ask for help. Right. You know, if you think about it, it's really the only illness that we have that we've actually criminalized. Yeah. And, you know, people always talk a little bit about, like, what is stigma? And stigma is, is such a huge issue. And, and I think the best measurement of that is the fact that, you know, through our quote-unquote war on drugs over the past, you know, I don't know, 
when did that start under the Nixon administration? Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know the whole illness of substance use disorder has been made into one that is um, you know a criminal offense, and there's no higher stigma than that if you ask yeah. me. You know, so being judged is is important. Yeah. And, People, people are have a hard time with that, yeah. and I mean that's why we're trained in, in, in all different types of things. You know, medically assisted treatment, um, you know, which which is pretty big right now, and also harm reduction too. We just did a course on that, right? Because you know, some people just want to cut back; they don't want to, you know, be, you know, for lack of a better word, using really hard drugs. They want to, you know, use a little bit less harmful drugs, and with some people that works, and. Right. Um, so, you know, before it was kind of, you know, in, in the old school stuff, it was sit down, shut up, follow direction. And this is more of just, you know, what, what do you think is going to work for you? And, right. and to keep you alive because people are dying. And, uh, yep. Yep. You can't recover if you die. Yeah, no. You don't have You don't get another shot. And that's why that's right. it's, it, it's, it's so important to... To just get over the initial thing, just please come in if you're suffering. Um, please come in and see us. We're there, and we're there to help you. you know? That's that's a really good that's a really good note, Fred. Um, the um, ways in which to help the organization, as you said, you can donate your time. You can donate um, financially, um, and there are also items that you can donate. You can get involved as a volunteer, um, helping out with one of these programs. Mm-hmm. Um, or just help spread the word that there are, you know, there are resources out there um, to help people with their recovery. Yep. I know you mentioned the drug court. We don't have a lot of time to talk about that, but that's something which is really worth perhaps another conversation because it's also a unique program that a lot of people don't know of. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, and I'm going to, you know, be throwing myself out here a little bit. I came out of the system five years ago and um, having the opportunity personally to be able to, possibly you know possibly help them guide themselves from not going back in to the prison and also not committing you know you know crimes in the community and also you know they have the opportunity to have a good life because they deserve it Um, right they're not bad people because they use substances they did bad things because they were under the influence of substances well the success rate for the drug drug court is something which is really remarkable and especially you know compared to other forms of uh, quote-unquote treatment including incarceration yeah um, the drug court is a remarkably successful program but it does require community supports to to succeed absolutely and we're really glad to be a part of that and uh, it's just you know anybody out there that wants to come in and get information you know whether it's for a family member or you know your friends you know son is suffering come in and we'd be happy to give you information we're here for the community um to help with this this epidemic and we're really blessed that we get the opportunity to come on the show so thank you very much for having us thank you fred we're glad to have you as well and thank you for coming on the united way community connection show um so our show is the music in the background means we're just about done and we will be back next week same time same place wsmn 1590 am also on facebook at united way of greater nashua live um, next week, we're going to have an interview with the Accentria Care Alliance. Accentria is one of the nonprofits in our community that resettles refugees. And so we're going to have a deep conversation about that. Um, until next week, we would say, you know, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united. <laughs>